Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, and Joey Wagner here recapping the biggest win of the Illini season, their best win of the season, 80-75 to over Iowa. And guys, I'm just going to be a fanboy of these matchups because this is just high-level college basketball. I enjoy the hell out of watching these two teams compete and uh, the pace of play they play with, the skill they play with, the toughness, the competitiveness, but the respect they play for. Derek, we're now three for three in these games where I just come on this podcast and go, I want another one of those. I want to watch another one of those. These are just awesome college basketball games. No matter if you're Iowa and you've lost two of the last three or Illinois and you've won two of the last three, it's just awesome to watch. This is why you love college basketball. It's why I love college basketball. I know it's why Brad Underwood loves college basketball. Huge win for Illinois, but just this is a huge win for college basketball, in my opinion, tonight. So uh, just another fantastic game. But, of course, Derek, a monster win for Illinois. High-level game for sure. We'll take another one of those in the Big Ten tournament, maybe even the NCAA tournament. We're going to be greedy. So uh, for Illinois to capitalize on this and avoid going into February 10-6 and six and questioning – where is this team at? Are they living up to expectations? Uh, this was a statement win in, in terms of answering some of the talk or backing up some of the talk that they had this offseason to be in second place in the Big Ten, uh, to get a leg up on Iowa. That was really, really important. So uh, to come out here and, and Iowa really set the tone early, uh, showed that that's what an All-American type of guy does. And Trent Frazier, look, he hasn't forgotten how to score. Hey, we haven't seen this kind of a level in a while. He's Last time he scored this many points was 30 at Minnesota as a sophomore. So uh, to get that kind of night from him and then really defensively was impressive late against one of the best offensive teams in college basketball. That was really what was consistent about Illinois last year was just their defense allowed you to go on a run throughout the Big Ten. And for them to step up like that kind of showed those characteristics that worked for them last year. Yeah, before we get even more of that, Joey, and I want to break it down, um, we three were lucky. We are three of the... 190 who were in attendance tonight and Brad Underwood led his press conference with I wish there was 15,550 people here uh, to watch this game it's it stinks that they weren't um, but I hope everybody had a, a great time watching this show from home but I mean it was weird because some of these moments the crowd would have went crazy Kofi getting the rebound at the end after his own miss crowd would have gone crazy I was dunk in the middle like it's kind of quiet after it it's weird because it's such an awesome play or these threes going back and forth um you missed the crowd that we had here in March the last big crowd we saw uh but the players still put on a show and you can still feel uh the competitiveness oozing out of these two teams you know it's funny I I've, we've seen so many clips of that game in March and in the moment I don't even think we appreciate I mean you know it's one of those where you feel it, and it's like wow this is really electric in here but it just at that point, they had been sellout after sellout. It's like, okay, this is just what it's going to be now. And then it's such a different feeling now. You sit in here, and there's so many times this place would have popped. I mean, the Kofi block and the 
kind of the delay as they went through the review. I mean, imagine what that place would have been with the crush right behind the, the table and just going absolutely nuts. And that's this game. I mean, every game you want fans, right? But this games like this, and it's like, man, there's only one of these this year too, at least guaranteed. And you think, imagine what this would have been like. I mean, there's not a lot of. I don't think any teams are sending Christmas cards to one another. I mean, they don't, there's, a, there's a rivalry here. It's back. The fans bought into that going away last year, man. And then you just kind of, there's so many different moments. And I think the biggest one probably would have been the Kofi rebound where he gets it and he just beats the tar out of the basketball in celebration. And you can just almost hear the crush behind him just going nuts. And you miss it. No, but uh, what a performance. Let's start off here. Uh, I know Trent Frazier was kind of my star of the game, but Derek, you wrote about it and had the great stat, and uh, I used it myself, that the last four games, he'd really struggled in the first halves. Now, he's played like an All-American in the second halves, but he came out with a vengeance, got what he wanted. This is a good matchup for him. Uh, taking guys off the dribble, Iowa's not good uh, defensively. We know that. They're not as quick. Uh, and he was fantastic. 19 points in the first half uh, and, and closed with 25 points as you know, he helped everyone else and, and played pretty good defense. And I think it was uh, Brad Underwood. I, I don't know if he was trying to do this yesterday, but Brad Underwood saying that Luka Garza is the best player in the country. I don't think that's a hot take, by the way. But you could see people around him didn't like that very much. But I thought it was also a very good coaching move because he said, okay, show me. And it was show me time for Io, and he showed us again in the biggest games and the biggest moments, and those moments were big early, that I would assume he was one of the best players in college basketball, and he outplayed the best player in college basketball today. So um, as the uh, Jordan documentary said, he took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have put it better than what you just you set it up there. Um, yeah, for Io to be able to come out and, and to play at that kind of a level where recently – six for 26 in the first half in the previous four games in the first 20 minutes and just knowing Iowa's offensive potential you can't afford to have that uh, when your star is just not getting in a rhythm and able to take advantage against a defense that um, you should be able to be able to get after and put some points on the board so I was kind of surprised that Iowa went man early on and it, it presented Iowa with opportunities in the pick and roll and being able to get really one-on-one -on -one against a team that doesn't match up with him well at all uh, in those kind of situations. So credit to Io for making shots, getting out in transition, uh, being able to hit threes, he goes three for three from beyond the arc tonight. So uh, to kind of step up like that and to outpace Luca in that first half really put Illinois in a good position. And uh, good move by Brad if that was calculated. And if not, it was a heck of a coincidence. Yeah, and by the way, after the game, he did say, when I locks in on defense like that, He's the best player in the country, in my opinion. So he came back and put his player out there. And uh, I do think Io, after a game like this, and if he can finish the season, is going to be the Illini's first All-American since D. Brown. I, I do think he's going to uh, be that here. Uh, certainly all Big Ten uh, first team, and, and Kofi could be in that mix too. But we were asking, Joey, who's going to be that third guy for Illinois? And uh, I did feel like coming into the season we were thinking, is it going to be Adam Miller? Adam didn't have a good game tonight. Um, you know, obviously this is a different kind of intensity. But Trent Frazier, uh, we know how good he is defensively. He was fantastic. Jordan Bohannon had three points in the first 39 minutes of this game. Uh, but Frazier, 24 points. It was bucket-getter Trent again, a guy we've seen in the past. And we've seen bursts of, um, but he was locked in. And for me, it's just not passing up open shots. I think, you know, Brad said it after the game, we want him to be selfish at times. And, and that's true because 
man, you get him going, scoring, this team's just incredibly difficult to beat. What did you see out of Trent? We was exactly that. Io called him no hesitation Trent, and he didn't. I mean, if he was open, he was letting it go, and he was making them. And when, when Trent is on like that, the guy played 38 minutes and one. There was 159 he wasn't on the floor playing high-level defense and getting buckets like that. And that is – it's a senior one stepping into a moment of what really was, is probably a, a critical game in this moment. We'll look back at this as such. But when he's doing that, the rest of the offense just moves. And we've seen – Maybe even a little bit tonight, but not as much. Trent would drive, and you think, okay, there's a layup, or he's going to, and he'd spray it out. And he just felt really, or looked really, just dialed in. Like he knew he could get buckets. He got those buckets, and, and it lifted them because for a while it was really just kind of Io getting it going. Kofi had a tough matchup down low with Luca, and Adam wasn't there, and Corbello started slow. And then, sure as, sure as anything, Trent Frazier steps up and just boom, boom, boom. And it got him going. And he was four of nine on three pointers. We haven't really seen. That in a while, it's new uh, season high. It's been a long time since we've seen this version of Trent Frazier. And uh, how about uh, the guy that's turning the season around, possibly? Jacob Grandison. Uh, Double-double, his first uh, double-double with the Illini. 11 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Just gives him a lot of energy. Uh, Two steals as well. Gives him that length on defense, especially against a team like Iowa uh, that I need, Derek. What has he added? I mean, 30 minutes tonight is 10 more than his previous high. Um, what a performance he had, and just he gives them something they didn't have before, and it really changes how they look on the floor. Just fantastic feel for the game, and a, and a motor that is allowing him to make plays on the glass, and, and really be able just to to play to, at a level where he can make some of those effort plays. He's not as athletic as a uh, Allen Griffin. Uh, probably doesn't even shoot it as well as as Allen as well, but he's making some of those. That kind of impact, stepping up and hitting a big jumper or being able to to go to the glass and get a second chance opportunity. So uh, for him to have 10 boards in this game, we're really in the an eight on the defensive glass. In the first half, Illinois struggled keeping Iowa off the glass uh, offensively, and, and Iowa was able to get some second chance opportunities. for So for him to be able to step up and do that is really important. And uh, yeah, there's, there's no argument. Now, I wondered even going into this game, would Brad go back to DeMonte in the starting lineup? It's clear that Jake's really found a lot of confidence and a comfort, and uh, he deserves every minute he's getting right now. All right, boys, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what Illinois did to slow the National Player of the Year candidate and what this game can do uh, for them moving forward. We'll do that next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Luca Garza... I, I don't know what his stat is. I'd have to do this quick math here. But, I mean, if you hold him under 1.5 points per shot this year, feels like you're doing a pretty good job. He averaged just over one point per shot tonight. 19 points on 18 field goal attempts, guys. Uh, 9 of 18 from the field. Only took three three-point attempts. I thought Kofi did a really good job of getting out there, unlike EJ Liddell, uh, and, and attacking and closing him out. Only four rebounds. For Luca Garza as well, of course, got in foul trouble in that second half, but that really didn't change the game as much as it should have for Illinois. 
Derek, what did, what did Illinois do well? What did Kofi Coburn? I thought even Georgie Bashanishvili, as much as he was a black hole on offense, I do think he added a little bit defensively. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And Illinois was able to send some help at him. And it was early, Brad Underwood got quite angry where the guards were trying to go for steals and trying to go for the home run play. And Brad really lit into his bench and some of his guys for – for being a little too overly aggressive when you just need to get into the pain and help wall up against a guy like that and just make it difficult, make him finish through contact, make, you know, allow there to be a wall in between him and the basket. And uh, he was really good for the most part in the first half, gets that third foul early in the second half, uh, kind of took him out of rhythm. Illinois did a good job of, you know, having the advantage when he was on the bench. And then he scores two points in the last eight minutes, and that's a really good credit to, to Kofi, to Georgie, for those guys just to fight him and uh, not allow him to get that deep post position. So uh, really credit to the whole Illinois defense to do that because, I mean, he's a he's an offensive machine, and it's such a treat to watch because he's going to be Iowa's all-time leading scorer here pretty soon. Yeah, I, I know he's easily disliked by Illini fans um, because he's so good, Joey, but just watching him work and how hard he works and how skilled he is, it is it is such an accomplishment for Illinois to hold him under 20 and, and to barely give him one point uh, per shot. Uh, they did a fantastic job on him. And, you know, Wieskamp got his. McCaffrey had his uh, season high tonight. But Jordan Bohannon really struggled, right? And I do think C.J. Frederick out certainly hurt Iowa because they didn't have that other shooter out there on the court, but Illinois took advantage of it. Yeah, they did, and Illinois played, I thought, really good defense. Even there were a couple possessions where Curbelo struggled and Jake struggled, but they found their way, and credit to Brad and the coaching staff. I don't really know that they had too many choices, but they let them find their way out there. And, and to I thought a key for Luca. obviously Kofi's physical and he's a big enough guy that he's going to get in there and just with his sheer size make life a challenge on Luca. Like you said, he did a good job of getting outside, but throwing waves at him. And Georgie in the post, he, he's not as big as Luca. I mean, Georgie's a big kid. Let's not pretend like he isn't, but he walled up really, really well. A couple bad possessions. He lost Luca outside a little bit. But if you can get him and you know, make it really, really hard on Luca, there is a domino effect there a little bit. And Iowa shot 40% on threes, but they were 10 of 25. And I mean, that's you got to do one of the two, right? You got to either stop them on threes or slow Luca. And they found a way to more or less kind of do both a little bit. And, and that's a credit to them and their game plan. They had 10 days to figure it out. Pulling the live stats here, guys. Luca Garza, one free throw attempt, his fewest since the Big Ten tournament against Illinois in 2019. Yeah, um, free throw is a huge part of this game. Huge part of this game. Illinois 14 of 17 from the free throw line. Iowa 3 of 6. And Garza missed a, a front end. I think McCaff, was it McCaffrey, I think, missed a front end. Somebody missed the front end late in that game. Uh, and Illinois was 12 of 13 from the free throw line uh, in the second half. And even though Kofi, the one he missed, he got the rebound on and made two more uh, to, to close the game. So Curbelo made big ones. Frazier made big ones. Kofi 5 of 7 uh, from the free throw line tonight. So that was a huge difference. Uh, points off turnovers. Iowa had a big advantage, 18 to 8 tonight, but Illinois made up for that on the fast break, 18-8, to which I think we would have thought they would. Uh, and Illinois was down big in second chance points, but then they came back in the second half and made that more competitive. So just a huge win uh, for Illinois. And I do think Frazier and DeSumo were kind of downplaying it a little bit in the later in the game, which is good to hear. But, Joey, you could tell that game meant a ton to these guys. 
with the celebration you saw Kofi doing, what they were doing on the sidelines, they knew if they're going to be a Big Ten title contender, they have to win this game, and they did. Now they're tied for second place in the Big Ten. And importantly, they have the tiebreaker over Iowa because they're not playing again. So that's a huge game and the huge race of things. Yeah, it keeps them right there in second. And we've seen in the Big Ten, I mean, I don't think anyone expects Michigan to run this thing. And if they do, I'll, I'll eat those words. It's just a tough conference, and that's not a knock on Michigan. There's a lot of really good teams. But, yeah, those two really understandably downplayed it. They didn't as much last year because it was the last game of the regular season. And, frankly, we thought we were going to see them again three days later, see those two play again. But Kofi, I thought, told the whole story with what this meant. I mean, he gets a rebound and he's celebrating. And then he hits the two free throws there. He puts them up five. You know, they're going down for their obligatory standing around defensively. Kofi's not bothering with that. He goes right to the bench. I mean, with bear hugs, high fives, everything. I mean, this thing's not at zero yet. And that, that's how you knew that, one, the game was over. But that raw emotion let out there, that, that told everything of what this meant. And we saw them tweet a, a locker room video, which more or less looks a lot like what it was. But Josh Whitman was waiting in the tunnel. And there were hugs. And Josh did that against Northwestern. But... When Josh is giving bear hugs in the tunnel, you know this one matters. And th this one really matters to them. And in a way that they beat their rival, but they they're, get the tiebreaker. They're in second place. There kind of feels like that Maryland loss was a long time ago now when they do something like this. And I think that's more or less the, the feeling of that tide starting to turn a little bit. So take this team seriously, Derek, as a... Final Four contender, Big Ten title contender. you got to win games like this, right? I mean, at some point, you have to win games like this, and they miss an opportunity against Baylor. Uh, they miss an opportunity against Ohio State, who's a top 15 team uh, in the country. Missouri is an NCAA tournament team, possibly top six seed here. They finally get one of those wins because Indiana, Purdue, Duke, as we look back, they're fine wins. They're, they're nice resume boosters. This is the one that you have – that makes the difference between a two or a three seed at the end of the year or whether you're going to win the Big Ten title. So just your thoughts on what this one means moving forward. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the schedule there because you, we talked a lot about the net rankings, the Ken Palm, the efficiency ratings. No one was really convincing themselves, despite the fact of what it was on paper, that this was a top ten team based on their wins. It's not impressive enough just to beat Minnesota at home and Indiana and Purdue at home. Uh, you got to win against a top 10 team and you got to be able to show up and uh, be able to do it against that caliber of team. So uh, to put yourself in a situation now where you're in second place, Joey brought up a good point about Michigan. We'll see how they come back from this stretch off and uh, they slip up a little bit, which it could get tough to kind of regain that momentum. Illinois has a realistic chance to, to really make a run at this thing. So you play at Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, those are chances to kind of control your own destiny if you take advantage of it. So uh, really, really important for them to kind of prove to people that, hey, this is – we are, in fact, one of the best in college basketball. That They needed to show that tonight, and uh, this was a good step to doing that. And you know what, Derek? I think it was a reminder to Illinois about how it feels to, to win these games. And, and the, if you play with that intensity, that was an intense 40 games and not, or 40 minutes. Not that every minute they played well. They, they missed some opportunities to, to pull away from Iowa when Garza was out, but they were intense the entire time. Um, and I think they showed themselves, again, how good they can be and what it feels like to win. Now if you take that in with your next games here, this team can be everything we thought it could be, but consistency is consistency. you got to do it again and again and again. Right, absolutely. And they, they had played a really good game, and 
the four, the under four timeout, sixty nine to sixty nine, and it looked like both teams were pretty gassed. Like they were laboring and had clearly given a, a really great effort. Just it was clearly a nice game at that point too. Yeah, <laughs> you win the podcast right there. Um, yeah, so to to be able to do that down the stretch. And again, just to, to go back and have it be done at the defensive end. And it could have been one thing for Iowa to step up and hit a shot. And again, we would have been talking about how great he is and, and how big of a win. But uh, to be able to step up and do that defensively, uh, I think was really a good turning point for this team. And um, yeah, to, to be able to step up in winning time and, and get it done in that caliber of game is something you hope they can build on. Joey, any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think they need to feel like what it feels like to win, but they need to feel like what Brad has been telling them they are if they play for 40 minutes. And that, I mean, it's right there on paper. And that this was easily the most complete game of the season, and probably, I mean, not, yeah, it's the most complete game since the last time these two played. I mean, this is just they did everything they needed to do. You didn't see a 10-day layoff. I mean, really on either team. Iowa was off for eight, I believe, and that didn't exist. And I think this maybe just reinforced a lot of things that Brad has been telling them. And I would have loved to be in some of those practices and to see what those looked like over the last 10 days. But this was big. I mean, this is something that they can downplay it all they want. But this, they're going to care. I mean, this is going to be, you have to think, like, a reminder point. Hey, this is what you were. And there's two big games coming up in this next week, and this can really carry them through next weekend. One guy we failed to mention here because I thought he was having a bad game to start. I thought defensively he was really erring here a lot. But Andre Corbello had a pretty monster last 10 minutes. I thought he stepped up with some defensive things. He was, you know, being a pest out there, getting his hand in there. Uh, but eight assists, Derek. Uh, he did have three turnovers, and some of them were just like, okay, there's Andre with the turnovers. But you have eight assists, uh, eight points on four field goals, those two big free throws late. And he had some big rebounds in there too. So I, I wanted to mention uh, Curbelo because I thought at one point he was not helping them very much, even though he had like six assists at the time. Uh, but defensively, he was getting taken advantage of. But he had a great uh, final stretch there, Derek. Really big steal against Connor McCaffrey, then got to the line and knocked down some big free throws. Uh, and the ability to baseline drive and finish one around the rim in those final minutes. I was 1-3-1 for a while, really stagnated Illinois offensively. And Curbelo, we know, is someone that can break you down and make things happen. So uh, for him to be able to get in the middle there and, and create some things, as you said, with the assists, dish it out to, to Trent for a three and uh, just being able to make plays there. So uh, it was nice to see a guy like that. And look, we he's stepping into those Felice shoes. He, he needs to, or at least that's what your hope for him is that other point guard, other really talented guard. And um, these were the kind of winning plays that we saw the other Andre make last year. Well said. Uh, and we got we to gotta bring up the big controversy from this game, guys. Okay? Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. That was the boss man's music coming in. 40 seconds over Coleman Hawkins. There, there were some people really concerned about why Coleman Hawkins wasn't playing. Listen, guys. Georgie was not playing very well. Kofi had foul trouble. You can't put Coleman Hawkins on Luca Garza. He, he's going to put a butt into him, and as Joey said before this podcast, he's going to what? I mean, you might hit him back to California. I mean, that's, this is the guy who they need to put on weight. They've talked about it a lot, and Luca is incredibly strong. That would have just not – that would have not ended well for Illinois. 
And you know why Coleman Hawkins didn't play tonight? It's because Jacob Grandison was phenomenal for 30 minutes tonight. Um, so I know we're looking for like, oh, the perfect game is this rotation. You play with what's working tonight. And, and Coleman can help this team, and he'll probably play 10 minutes in the next game, Derek. But it's like, that's not an issue, right? It's nice that you can go, hey, Jacob Grandison, you haven't played more than 20 minutes in a game. You're going to play 30 minutes tonight and be great for us in a win. Benjamin Bossman's Verdunk goes on the court. Didn't look that great, but at least for 40 seconds, you survived with him on the court because he could at least put a body on Luca Garza. So um, I don't think most people are concerned, Derek, but I think all these guys know they'll do what they have to do to win. Jacob Grandison, Coleman Hawkins have dealt with this well of what the rotation is going to be. Even Demonte Williams is dealing with it right now. This is one of the best players on the team through the first couple games. And now tonight he plays 12 minutes and didn't play all of that well. So um, I think these guys know they're just got, they just got to do what their coach wants them to do to win games. You guys don't think that Brad was thinking Illinois message board when he sent Bossman out there and then when he misses the bunny, it's like, you see, guys, you see what I'm working with here? No, not to, to knock Bossman too much, but there's no doubt when you're going to guard Garza, you might as well send a guy out there that's – 240 and, and chiseled and least looks the part but uh, Coleman's going to make an impact here down the stretch but uh, I do not really remember the, the bunny like I can't really see it because my my mind was clouded by the Nolan Arenado news that was breaking at the time so I had to get that in there okay all right it was a night of sports okay and uh, this breaks like at the end of the first half Give me your guys' thoughts as you're trying to do your job. But this is like, you traded for, I mean, at least right now, if he retired right now, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, right? Like, you get Nolan Arenado, one of the best defensive third basemen ever. We'll see how he hits there. You know, does Goldschmidt hit as well in St. Louis as he did in Arizona? No, but he's still a really, really good player. Um, Joey, your reaction, your thoughts. Let's get your Cardinal fan thoughts on Nolan Arenado. First of all, Derek's right. It was really hard to focus. I get the end of the half, and it's you know kind of a four or five point game, and then this happens, and it was a heist. I mean, I don't know if Mosaic has some sort of you know leverage over anyone in Colorado. What are they doing? They give up fifty million bucks a future Hall of Famer, and they get basically Austin Gomber. And I don't know if that might not age well. I bet it will. But that's just a that's a heist. And finally, they some move in the NL Central. I was under the impression this wasn't happening. Well, you guys just felt like you had topped the Jack Peterson move. The Cubs spent some money, made the big splash of the NL Central, and it was at the time. Derek, think about this. Three years ago, going into the year, like you didn't know you'd have Goldschmidt and Arenado, two perennial MVP candidates. Now, will they be that for the Cardinals? I don't know. But, man, that's fun, <laughs> isn't it? It's amazing, and I will admit that I sat here and, and complained about the inactivity and the, the expectation of getting Molina back and, and Adam Wainwright back, and that's about it, and going into the year not having a ton of excitement. I say that as a super spoiled Cardinals fan, probably going to win 85 games. Outside of maybe, and they're in competition, Joey Wagner's Packers. We are the most spoiled Midwest fan bases here uh, holding it down. So uh, to be able to get Nolan and not give up, Nolan Gorman, not to give up Libertor. Uh, I know he's got opt-outs 21, 22 still, but uh, it's worked out well for the Cardinals to, to make guys happy. And it seems like cut from the same cloth as trades from for McGuire and Roland and Edmonds. And uh, 
it's good to be a Cardinals fan tonight. Yeah, Matt Holiday as yeah. well. There's no. Here's what I, you know. I get the Cardinals fan. Like you said, they win 85 games every year. You can just you can book it almost. Um, I get when you want that move to the next level. You want to make that big splash, and Goldschmidt certainly was that. But the one thing the Cardinals do so well, guys, is they keep their financial flexibility, even though that can be maddening for you guys. But they don't blow it all on just the guy who's available, like Jason Hayward, right? Like that really hurt the Cubs. Jason Hayward's a nice baseball player. If you're gonna spend twenty something million dollars a year or eight years on a baseball player, he's gotta be awesome, or he's gotta be a really good starting pitcher, right? Like that hurts you for the long term. The Cardinals don't make a lot of those moves. Maybe they give Matt Carpenter too long of an extension, but that doesn't kill you. It's three, four years, whatever it is. Carlos Martinez, the same thing. Um, those huge deals, as the Cubs have figured out with Theo Epstein, can really hurt you for the long term. Plus, they just stock. They always have prospect capital to trade when a Goldschmidt or an Arenado becomes available. That's what makes the Cardinals so good, and it's why they're in the playoffs all the time. And it's why they have so many bites at the apple, which I think you guys know as Cardinals fans and Joey, you as a, as a Packers fan, you get enough bites at the apple. Sometime you're going to break through. Maybe it's not as often as you want, but you're always going to have the chance to do it. I mean, Mike McCarthy. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to pour one out for Matt Carpenter's defense at third base. I will miss that. Is the DH coming yet? Because uh, he'd be great there. Not soon enough. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they put themselves in position. It is. It's maddening. I mean, this offseason, you know, Colton Wong. And you're thinking, what in the world here? And I grew to like Colton Wong, a good second baseman. And then you get frustrated, and then they turn around, and they just they, they pull off a heist like this. And you're right, they always seem to, to have their hands in the in the cards for being in that position. And then you don't really take a minute to appreciate it. When I mean, you do appreciate it, but you don't really think of like, oh, yeah, all those times I was mad. They were setting up for this. But that's what they were doing, and it's a good feeling. All right, it's a good night to be an Illini slash Cardinals fan. I know there's a lot of them out here. Uh, Cubs fans hang in there. White Sox fans, we got a good thing going. Maybe we'll get somebody else. We'll see. Uh, but Illini fans certainly happy tonight. 80 to 75. They're back in contention here in the Big Ten, and we'll have a lot of coverage at Illini Enquirer uh, to get you uh, even more. Uh, reliving what has gone on. I got player grades. Joey's got a piece on Trent Frazier. Derek's going to do basically what it means of what this was for. And, and Brad Underwood had good comments on that as well. So thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. <laughs>